If you love chilling mysteries, unsolved cases, and a touch of mom-style humor, Moms and Mysteries is the podcast you've been searching for. Hey guys, I'm Mandy. And I'm Melissa. Join us every Tuesday for Moms and Mysteries, your gateway to gripping, well-researched true crime stories. Each week, we deep dive into a variety of mind-boggling cases as we shed light on everything from heists to whodunits. We're your go-to podcast for mysteries with a motherly touch. Subscribe now to Moms and Mysteries wherever you get your podcast. If you love chilling mysteries, unsolved cases, and a touch of mom-style humor, Moms and Mysteries is the podcast you've been searching for. Hey guys, I'm Mandy. And I'm Melissa. Join us every Tuesday for Moms and Mysteries, your gateway to gripping, well-researched true crime stories. Each week, we deep dive into a variety of mind-boggling cases as we shed light on everything from heists to whodunits. We're your go-to podcast for mysteries with a motherly touch. Subscribe now to Moms and Mysteries wherever you get your podcast. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Mark my words. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. What a choice, huh? Multiple choice. One version can make our country great. The other can make our country go away, can destroy our country. And you know the best option here, right? We all do. It is logical. Even Democrats, they have to admit what's happening at the border right now. Title 42 evaporated last night at uh, midnight. And with all of their government know-how, with all of their experience, they could not figure out a way to keep that in effect because they don't want to. Obviously, I thought actually naively that Joe Biden so good at executive orders that deep down in the West Wing, there must have been people there who said, let's come up with some bureaucratic trickery to keep this thing in effect because we can't handle this. We don't want it. But it's actually not up to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is along for the ride. Joe Biden will do anything the liberals want. OK, he needs the status and protection of the White House. So he has to listen to them. They have more clout in the Democrat Party than he does. I mean, I don't look at the world this way, but they do. Joe, in their eyes, is just a white old man. And in our warped culture right now, that's about the worst thing you can be. And Joe has to do whatever it takes, whatever they want. The border is a catastrophe. And without a border, we really, Donald Trump is right. We're going to lose our country. Who are these people? We don't know. There are all kinds of people coming in. More on that in a moment. You know, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has been amazing. There are some people trying to say this is business as usual. It's not. We all know it. The media continue to defend this administration. And he wouldn't have it. Check this out. Let, let, let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What rate of illegal immigration did we have in 2020? But you have Do you know anything? I asked you a question. How long have you been in office? Do you know anything? How long have you been in office? I've been in office 11 years yes, now. And this has been okay. the calendar in multiple administrations. Except your Okay, Trump you don't get to argue with me. You asked your question. You, you asked your question. You don't get You want to hold a press conference, you can do it over there. You have How are you, you want to hold a press conference, you can do it over there. How are you? So, so, so hold on. I'm going to answer his question. 
The talking point of the Democrats, which this media reporter happily parrots, is, gosh, the problem can't be fixed. There's one little problem with that. It is an utter and complete lie. In 2020, the last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask, what have I done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed Remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts. You're telling lies. Joe Biden made a political decision. Yep, absolutely. Look, the globalists want the uh, cheap labor. The Democrats want the votes. And Joe Biden barely even, I think, has a choice. And Ted Cruz is right on the numbers. Take a look at it. Not very long ago, we'll go. Donald Trump, uh, monthly migrant encounter, 16,000. Does that sound like a lot? Take a look at this number, okay? 206,000, all right? This is, it's out of control. And also, oh, by the way, impeachable. It's got to be an impeachable offense. Look it up in the Constitution, which he is supposed to support and defend. Article 4, Section 4 reads as follows. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Each state. And this is an invasion, and we don't know who and what is coming in. Take a look. Have you, you know, a lot of these folks have disease. I mean, horrible disease that we conquered, but it's coming back. 50% of the migrants not vaccinated against polio. Next, exposed to tuberculosis. 900% spike in Chinese migrants. Now, China, oh, by the way, is our enemy right? This is a problem. And it's a very convoluted way to enter America through Mexico, don't you think? Potential terrorists throughout, yes. And we are catching people on the uh, do not fly list. They are coming in. We are at risk. It is growing exponentially every day. And also children, poor, innocent, beautiful children. There are some people who believe, and they might be onto something, at this, this is what it's all about. Kids and trafficking and very important interests may want those children. It is horrific to even consider for a moment. But this doesn't make sense, does it? This is what a government is for. This is why we have, this is one of the basic functions of government, right? Um, our government is not on the up and up. Our government, the deep state government, all right? At night, it looks a little bit different, right? The deep state, uh, I don't trust them. There are people who are unelected with vast power, even more power than our elected leaders who have been there for decades. And these weird flights contracted by the government all over the country in the middle of the night. And who's picking up these people? So much is unknown. Our media not lifting a finger. We cannot survive like this. Our country is dying. America, 1776 to how many years do we have left? If this continues, a handful, a handful. We are in big trouble if Donald Trump does not get back in that White House. If Joe Biden somehow, if they do whatever they did to get him in the first time. Now, President Trump can be rough around the edges. At first, it can shock you. But he's always right. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown 
of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. Remember that moment and the helter skelter that broke out the media reaction just that moment. That's the only one they played. They did not show the data he presented from Frank Gaffney, one of the most respected defense analysts this country has ever produced. His poll, Muslims in America should have the choice of being governed according to Sharia, Sharia law. That's a real problem, folks. Sharia law is heinous and it's totally and completely un-American. The people who come here, the people who come here legally, right? They take an oath. And they support our values, right? How about this? Yes, I know it looks uh, maybe a little bit corny to some, but we do have, there are American values, right? Aren't they? Our Constitution is one heck of a document, right? To support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Donald Trump is pointing out that there are people from around the world coming here who do not share our values. However, look at this. There are also people coming here from all over the world who desperately want to be Americans because they love America. This was my favorite moment in the Republican National Convention in 2020. People from Sudan, Lebanon, India, Ghana, Bolivia coming here to take the oath to be a citizen. You have to, you have to promise to take up arms to support America. The, if you're born here, you don't have to take that oath. They are amazing. And it's an amazing moment. Whenever they try to tell you that MAGA is somehow xenophobic or white supremacist or any of those lies, remember this, this beautiful moment. Today you have also accepted the profound duties and responsibilities that come with American citizenship. By swearing the oath of allegiance, each of you has entered a sacred and unbreakable covenant with our nation. You have pledged your undying loyalty to the American people, the American Constitution, and the American way of life. The history and heritage of the United States are now yours to preserve and pass down to the next generation. Our culture, our traditions, and our values are now yours to uphold and live by. The right so dear to every American granted by us and granted by God. So beautiful and so much better than what we're seeing now. Look, right? What do we want? Hmm? What's better for everybody? Everybody. You know it and I know it. And let's hope we get back to that place. Stay with us. That young man who tried to save lives has been arrested for his good deed. Best-selling author David Horowitz has issued a grim warning. The next election could be the last. The radical left is dismantling our freedoms and imposing socialism right before our very eyes. David's blockbuster new book, Final Battle, reveals what conservatives must do to take back the White House. Now you can get this, a must-read political bombshell, absolutely free through this special offer. Read Final Battle before it's too late. Anatomy of a scam. And this one is the scam of a bunch of race hustlers. And so many of them populate our culture at the very highest levels. 
What do you need? What do you need for this? Well, you need some key ingredients. Now, first off, what I'm going to be talking about, maybe you've seen the video on the train by almost all accounts. The guy in the white T-shirt had just been terrorizing the train. He's being subdued by three people, actually, altogether, including Daniel Penny on the ground there. Now, he was arrested. The man died that he was struggling with. Daniel Penny is, well, he was in custody, charged with second-degree manslaughter. He is now free on his own recognizance, but why is this such a big story, right? Why? I mean, people die in New York City every day. There are fights all the time. This is the key formula, all right? We've got to review it real quick. It comes down to race. White assailant, white victim, no story. Remember this? Okay, it's a good rule of thumb. Next, please, we have a... Uh, black assailant, black victim, oh, that's a no-brainer, no story. Black assailant, white victim, still not really a story. Black Lives Matter is not going to be interested in that. No, let's just move along. But a white assailant, a white accused person, and a black victim, that is jackpot, all right? This way people can, <laughs> I mean, there's money to be made, literally, um, Daniel Penny arrested in the death of Jordan Neely. Again, charged with second-degree manslaughter. He faces 5 to 15 years in prison. Now, he's the bad guy, according to the media, our culture. And the good guy, the saint, Jordan Neely, everyone's overlooking that he's been arrested 41 times, including for these notorious, I mean, these are particularly, kidnapping a 7-year-old girl, allegedly punching a 64-year-old man in the face, and so on and so on. Uh, but, nope, he's an angel. He is an absolute angel. I mean, just look at this face, all right? After all, he went to high school, all right? And we're going to look over all of that stuff, and we're just going to, well, create a, a fantasy. We don't want it where you can kill someone because you thought there was a possibility they could do something to you. There was no attack. Mr. Neely did not attack anyone. He did not touch anyone. He did not hit anyone. But he was choked to death. All right. He's threatening people. He was a danger to himself and others on that train. And in New York and in this climate and wherever you live, sometimes people aren't going to wait until they're a victim. They may take proactive defense. Now, take a look at this. This happens, okay? A man having a, a bit of a freak out on the train. I'm ready to f anything up that's in my business. So that's, that's how man's right there. Holler at me, man. And he let his girlfriend get robbed. See the guy with the white and blue shirt? Yeah, he's offended by just about everything and uh, letting people know it. And if you say the wrong thing to him, uh, he's, he reacts in a pretty serious way. These things happen every day, every day. The city is out of control. Uh, that lawyer, the mayor, everybody's saying you have to wait until you're a victim. New Yorkers don't accept that. But keep going. No one said, here you are, sir. Let me meet your need or help you in a situation or give a word of encouragement. That's not what happened on that train. So should Daniel Penny be charged with manslaughter? Absolutely. Because he acted with indifference. He didn't care about Jordan, he cared about himself. 
And we can't let that stand. That's not who we are. It's actually okay to care about yourself. It is. And it's also okay to be very wary of somebody who's in a total mental breakdown. And I wish it were a perfect world, but we're not all able to tell people like this, how may I help you? Would you like a sandwich? Uh, that's just... No, we stay away. And if an individual like this starts to threaten anybody or starts to harm anyone, well, given what's happening, fewer and fewer people are going to get involved. We already know the police. It's more difficult for them to get involved than ever before. And now innocent bystanders who choose to defend others could find themselves in very serious trouble. This is... Uh, this is a country on edge. We have to look out for each other, all right? And these people are, well, they've got problems. They're the ones with the problems, not us. Next, please. Jordan loved Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson wrote a song that says, uh, I'm looking at the man in the mirror, and, the, and I'm asking him to change his ways. And I'm saying that, that that song talks about looking at ourselves, at our city, and looking at that reflection and asking ourselves, do we like what we see? Do we like how we treat one another? Do we like how we judge one another? And the bottom line is, this story says we can't answer yes to that. So uh, Jordan Neely is the man raging on the subway, 44 prior arrests, yet I'm the one who has to make the change. We Somehow we are at fault. Yes, I know the system let him down. The system, the system. What about the drugs he's been taking? K2. Yes, he was self-medicating on that and a lot of other things. And the people he victimized. But no, somehow I'm the problem. And folks, I don't like this message that's being pushed by some conservatives. Don't do anything. He's a nice guy from Arkansas, Jake Baquette, right? He's got a bit of a following. Sees himself as a U.S. senator someday. Used to play... Uh, uh, football for the New England Patriots. Take a look at this, and it's gotten a lot of attention. He says, uh, stand down to every Daniel Penny out there who sees evil in a blue city and wants to intervene. Don't do it. Hmm. Your political leaders have already betrayed you. That's true. And you don't have any rights. Well, hold on. It goes against every instinct in your bones, but you must have discipline. Tactical withdrawal, i.e. don't do anything. Run away. No, uh, we can't. We can't do that. We can't. Uh, you got to call the police and everything like that. But you got to help your fellow man. You have to. Right. If I'm under attack, if someone's assaulting me, I want the help. And I would like to think that I would help whoever is next to me who's going through something. Right. We can't. We can't shirk these political fashions. They come and go. What is right and wrong. We respect that. We have to help each other. And Daniel Penny, sir, we're with you. All right. Our prayers to you and your family. And yes, our prayers to Jordan Neely's family. I really wish he didn't make the mistakes he did throughout his life. But Daniel Penny, I think he's going to come out on top. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. I've been talking about how crazy the world is with uh, supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices. We've all seen how crazy this woke nonsense is going on with these big corporations, and it's time to let our voices be heard. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? We vote with our dollars. That's how we make a difference. No more shopping big box stores if you can get those items at a family-owned company. 
PatriotSwitch.com helps people walk away from the big box conglomerates. We can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. That's why Patriot Switch was created, with regular folks like you and me in mind. I love what the folks at Patriot Switch are doing for us. One of the best ways to get around this one of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation today is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than the shareholders and their corporate executives. Each of us can choose to take market shares away from these big companies that have enjoyed unfair advantages and instead choose to help regular people with family-owned made in America. Make a difference right now. Go to PatriotSwitch.com. That's PatriotSwitch.com. CNN somehow managed to stack the audience with a MAGA crowd that hooted and hollered and lapped up every line like you'd expect from people who'd already voted for him. The audience was a disaster and a joke. What I didn't know was that the audience would be filled with his cult. <laughs> I would like to know if CNN was passing out Kool-Aid before the event started. What was going on in that room last night? The laugh what almost sounded like a laugh track at points for some of the most disingenuous, hateful, malicious commentary I've heard in a while. Wow, am I malicious and hateful and all those things? Don't answer that question. I know what the fake news thinks. We're not. It was funny. It was interesting. Politics doesn't have to be all dry and boring. And it was also important and substantive. What we saw at the CNN town hall, they finally put on a decent show and CNN and the rest of the fake news is in a total meltdown identity crisis over it. They're actually talking out loud about keeping Donald Trump off of cable news networks, not allowing him to be live anymore. Anderson Cooper went viral as he beat up on himself, his own network. I mean, he's really losing it. Uh, this went mega viral and, uh, Anderson, hang in there, man, but uh, take a look. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, lie after lie after lie. He's a straight newsman. That's what he pretends to be. Donald Trump attempted to destroy democracy. You see where they're coming from. These are not reasonable people. Uh, next, please. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men, and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. Uh, actually, a woman who was overtly nasty and the whole audience saw it. I mean, she had total contempt. You can see it every step of the way. Tried to trip him up, tried interrupted him. She was terrible. And the people saw it in real time. Anyway, bad, bad choice to host. And by the way, thug is not a racist term. It has no racial connotation whatsoever. Uh, here's Barack Obama using the very same word. My understanding is, is you've got some of the same organizers now going back into these communities to try to clean up in the aftermath of a handful of protesters, uh, a handful of uh, criminals uh, and thugs who uh, who tore up the place. All right. Thugs. It's not. I'm sorry, but thuggish behavior is thuggish behavior. And Donald Trump was talking about the cop who shot Ashley Babbitt. All right. It's beyond thuggish. It's murder, in my opinion. Next. It was disturbing. 
to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. It's actually not a democracy if you're only allowed to say one thing about the election. It was free and fair and perfect. No, we can have different views on that. We're allowed to say them out loud. What they've done very cleverly and cynically, if you raise doubts about the election, it's going to bring on a riot. And oh, by the way, <laughs> that riot, someone was pulling the strings. And these guys, most of them did not break anything or hurt anybody. This isn't democracy. People see things differently from CNN, Anderson Cooper, Jake Tapper, and the rest of those people, all right? And that's okay in a democracy, isn't it? Next. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Those comments were genuinely funny about that kook, E. Jean Carroll. More on her in a second. But did, he, did he say jury of his peers? He did. Donald Trump did not get that. All right. In 2016, this is the makeup of Manhattan, the county where that trial took place. 86% voted for Hillary Clinton. 86% uh, voted for Joe Biden, all right? These are not his peers. You gotta go somewhere where there's a neutral jury, and I don't think anybody is neutral on Donald Trump, or Joe Biden for that matter. And remember this about E. Jean Carroll, and he should know, he knows that this woman is deranged and totally not credible. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. Got to that commercial break pretty darn quick, right? Somehow now it's illegal. It's somehow against the law and the rules to defend yourself from horrible accusations from an obviously disturbed person who says out loud that she thinks rape is sexy. Uh, it's not a democracy if they say you can't talk in ways that you need to talk, right? A couple more. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that. Giving him the audience, the time, I get that. Now, that is silly. It's the best show CNN had in since the Gulf War, okay? Lighten up. One more. If last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed, and he is running hard. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. Uh, I think I'll take them up on that. And so should you. With these kind of values, uh, this is, that's no television station. It's just a television station. Why do they make it so high maintenance and weird? All right. Anyway, this has set off uh, this town hall. The whole mainstream media is either condemning uh, CNN, uh, promising to, well, anyway, check this out. The ongoing fallout from CNN's decision to platform and defend platforming known liar Donald Trump 
seven months ahead of the first GOP primary is where we start today. Joining us here at the table for the hour, the Reverend Al Sharpton, host of MSNBC's Politics Nation. They want to deplatform President Trump, yet Al Sharpton, the anti-Semite racist cop hater, is front and center. And the other woman there from The Times is triggered when she sees the American flag. The host of this program who drives so much of the liberal conversation, that is officially, I think she's a Republican, Nicole Wallace, the one who stabbed Sarah Balin in the back, front, head, you name it. The one who helped spin George W. Bush and helped get America into a horrible, horrible war. Yeah, her who was pretty good at flirting in the West Wing. That's the uh, strong sense that I had back then, and I certainly get from these pictures. How about that, huh? The way she talks about President Trump, hmm? And her role in selling that lie. She's complaining about lies. What about the lie of WMDs in Iraq? You know, she's fiercely loyal to the Bushes, so she's got carte blanche to do anything she wants against the Trumps, and especially Donald Trump. And the Bushes, and I guess she, will never forgive Donald Trump for this. Obviously, the war in Iraq was a big, fat mistake, all right? Now, you can take it any way you want. And it took, Je it took Jeb Bush, if you remember, at the beginning of his announcement, when he announced for president, took him five days. He went back. It was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It took him five days before his people told him what to say. And he ultimately said... It was a mistake. The war in Iraq, we spent $2 trillion, thousands of lives. We don't even have it. Iran is taking over Iraq with the second largest oil reserves in the world. Obviously, it was a mistake. So George Bush made a mistake. We so, can make mistakes. But that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. It's amazing. Donald Trump did not invade the wrong country. Didn't invade any country, actually. Um, and he's the villain. Somehow the Bushes have been rehabilitated. Uh-uh. No way. Not in my book, oh, by the way. And you know what was really great? Watching Jeb Bush sweat in that moment, right? Look at him, all fidgety and weird. And he's being called out. No one has ever called out the Bushes for Iraq. Yeah, a protester from across the street. That doesn't count. That was awesome. All right. Tucker Carlson, I think we have another question about Tucker. Do you want Tucker on Newsmax? Are we getting these messages to Tucker? Everybody wants him. But anyway, please vote again. Vote now. Text PICK, P-I-C-K, to 39747. 39747. And let us know if you want Tucker. I already voted. Um, what do you say, Tucker? Come on. Do it. I'll be right back. On March 17th of last year, my teammates and I were, and other female swimmers from universities around the country were forced to compete against a biological male named Leah Thomas. Um, Thomas was allowed to compete in the women's division after competing as a member of the University of Pennsylvania's men's swim team for three years. We watched on the side of the pool as Thomas won a national title in the 500-yard freestyle, beating out the most impressive and accomplished female athletes in the country, including Olympians and American record holders. Whereas just the year before, Thomas at best was ranking in the 400s in the men's category. The next day, Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle, which ended up in a tie. Um, we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. Having only one trophy, the NCAA told me that I would go home empty-handed and this trophy would go to Thomas. And when I questioned this, the NCAA told me that Thomas had to hold it for photo purposes. 
I was shocked. I felt betrayed and belittled, reduced to a photo op. But my feelings didn't matter. What mattered to the NCAA were the feelings of a biological male. Wow. And this is that picture shortly after Leah Thomas. You know that heart. <laughs> totally crazy. And there's Riley Gaines, the true champion, kind of taking second place, second fiddle to Leah Thomas. Um, the world is upside down right now. The same thing happened to April Hutchinson, powerlifter. She's in Canada. She's been forced to compete against biological men. The situation is totally unfair. But America, my sense is, is is awake and kind of fed up with this. However, some very important interests are pushing back and trying to keep this system in place. Riley Gaines joins us right now, as well as April Hutchinson. Welcome to you both. And Riley, first off, I mean, that video, your speech, it was amazing. I hope it wasn't traumatic to hear any of that. It was so great. You kind of changed the country. First of all, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. And uh, thank you as well, uh, April. Uh, listen, tell us a little bit about this campaign. You're trying to call out prominent athletes and get them to do the right thing about this this issue, this matter. I am. Um, up until recently, you know, I had empathy for these women. I understood they have sponsorships. I understand they have families. I understand this cancel culture that we live in. And I could sympathize with that. But now, really a year after all of the Leah Thomas situation was, was brought to prominence, I'm losing sympathy. These women, these women with influential platforms, it's time they speak up. It's time they defend women if that's something they care about. If they care about women's sports, it's time they defend it because the silence is deafening. Where is Venus and Serena Williams? Where is Ronda Rousey? Where are these women who have platforms to talk about this and ultimately the influence to make changes? Wow. All right. Uh, April, give us an idea. This is this is a global trend, obviously. And uh, Canada, a bit more to the left, I think, of uh, the USA, maybe not. Give us a sense of what's happening up there and, and, and your story, if you don't mind. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, actually, I might add here that you are the U.S.'s only network or Newsmax has been the only network that has actually listened to me. Canada will not even touch the topic. So I have not once been on Canadian TV talking about this subject. So um, if you thought it was bad in the USA, um, in Canada here, uh, my federation basically just two weeks ago created an inclusion policy to allow transgender athletes to compete, biological men to compete with the women. We don't even have to show proof. We can just roll up, identify as what we want, uh, no proof provided, and just lift. Uh, we saw this happen two months ago when uh, a big burly man named Avi Silverberg went in, identified as a female, and took the uh, female bench record. That's how easy it is here in Canada. Um, it's it's degrading. It's it's insulting. Um, you know, we're we may have to take legal action at this point. Um, we're still kind of figuring that out, but. Um, it was definitely a slap in the face for them to create an inclusion policy to make sure, you know, trans athletes are felt welcome and, you know, that their feelings are not hurt or, you know, not hurt, basically. Right. So mm. it's wild. And uh, and thank you for mentioning Newsmax. I think it's uh, kind of crazy that Canadian media wouldn't. Uh, I mean, this is important stuff. Riley, I feel like the people I kind of get it. I mean, mainstream Americans understand and they're on your side. They're on April's side. But there are some very powerful interests, uh, corporate America, key politicians. Am I right about public sentiment? 
Absolutely you are, um, which actually makes me feel confident. The overwhelming majority, not just of female athletes, the overwhelming majority of people, not even just in the nation, across the globe, know that men competing against women, saying a man is equivalent to a woman when it comes to sheer strength or athleticism, they know that is lunacy. And you can't convince me that the politicians voting in opposition of protecting women and girls in sports, you can't convince me that they don't know this is lunacy, yet they're lying. All 203 Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives um, just a few weeks ago, none of them were willing to protect women and girls in sports. And these are parents. These, these Democrat voters, these representatives, these are moms and dads. They have daughters. And yet they're actively saying they would be perfectly fine with their daughter undressing next to a fully intact male man simultaneously watching them undress. I, I, tr I can't believe that's true. And if it is true, if these parents are OK with that, I think that's a separate conversation that needs to be had. Sure. Uh, by the way, Brittany Griner, internationally famous now, uh, female basketball player. Uh, she was held captive in Russia for a while. Now she's back and uh, she's on the other side of this. Uh, cut, Brittany. Everyone deserves the right to play. Everyone deserves the right to to come here, sit in these seats and feel safe. I think it's a crime, honestly, to to separate um, someone for any reason. Um, so I definitely will be speaking up against against those that legislation and those laws that are trying to be passed for sure. April, can you give me an idea? How has this affected you, like financially, uh, your, your professional life, uh, just in competition? I mean, you're really good at this when you're up against biological women, <laughs> and now your world has changed. I mean, like practically speaking, I mean, are, do you make money from this, and are you making less money? How has it how has it impacted your world? Well, no, that's the thing. Uh, we actually pay uh, our federation membership fees. So when I paid for my membership, it was for fair competitive sports. So now that's gone out the window. Um, my Team Canada, I just made Team Canada again this year. I'll be going to the North Americans in August. I pay for my uniform. I pay for my travel. Um, I have very few sponsors, as I'm sure Riley knows. It's it's very hard to get sponsors. Um, I haven't received much backlash. Like, I mean, it hasn't really affected me financially, but it has affected me mentally for sure. I've lost a lot of sleep, and obviously that affects my training as well. So... Well, you look great, and uh, hang in there. And uh, it's really nice to meet you, April Hutchinson, and keep in touch. And Riley Gaines, I know that was a tough speech you gave, but quite frankly, the sky's the limit for you. I can see you in the United States Senate. Uh, have you? Are you thinking of politics, uh, really? I mean, I don't think you were expecting the outcome, the reaction, but you got it. What's next? I definitely wasn't. Um, I was set to go to dental school this year. What I always envisioned for myself was being an endodontist, which is someone who performs root canals, and I'm clearly not doing that. So I was totally thrust into this position. I feel entirely unequipped for everything that I'm doing, but I understand what's at stake if someone doesn't fight for this. Someone like April, someone like myself, someone like the few female athletes who are willing to stand up and fight for this and really stand for the truth, because that's what this is. We're not willing to lie anymore. I wish you both a lot of success. You know, I just thought I have a, well, I'm reminded that I have a one-year-old daughter and a three-year-old daughter. So uh, counting on both of you to keep this fight up and whatever I can do, I'm available. Riley Gaines and April Hutchinson, thank you so much to be continued. Thank you, Greg. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, it's Carson. Under President Joe Biden's volatile economy, we are at the cusp of an economic meltdown. The recent Silicon Valley bank failure sparked a deadly domino effect, and now nearly 200 banks across the country are teetering at the edge of collapse. Nobody's money is safe. Many depositors aren't insured by the FDIC and may lose access to their money completely. Wealthy Americans are withdrawing their cash fast and turning it to gold. The United States hasn't seen a potential chain of bank failures this catastrophic since the last Great Recession. It's time to protect your money today before your retirement disappears. Call Monetary Gold to receive their free protection guide at 800-586-9591. Learn how Americans are shielding their wealth from the bank collapses by diversifying in gold. Call now because tomorrow may be too late. Call Monetary Gold at 800-586-9591. That's 800-586-9591. Well, that's the House Oversight Committee, and they have been doing some amazing work uncovering what seems to be like smoking gun proof of Biden corruption, Biden family corruption. Uh, they announced this week that they have traced $10 million from foreign countries into Joe Biden's relatives' accounts. And it looks like they were definitely trying to disguise that they were being paid all that money, uh, including $1 million that came from some corrupt oligarch in Romania. Really weird. And these are the relatives. It's not going directly to Joe, but, you know, 10% for the big guy. Hunter Biden, his uh, girlfriend, his ex-wife, his present wife, uh, grandchildren. It's crazy. His brother, his sister-in-law. Dick Morris joins us, host of Dick Morris Democracy and, of course, the author of The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Dick, it's amazing stuff. It's smoking gun, yet uh, the media don't really care. Yeah, I've spent all day going through their material, and it is incredible. The key thing to bear in mind about this, Greg, is that American ethics laws are binding on the legislator and his spouses, or the president and his spouse, but not his sisters, his cousins, and his aunts, uh, not his children, not his, uh, grand, not his brothers, and all of that. And therefore, Biden used this loophole. And uh, he treated his children and his brothers and his sister as offshore shell corporations. And he channeled all kinds of bribes through them. And uh, they, they came from all kinds of sources in China, in Romania, in Ukraine. Uh, and they, they're obviously corrupt. Uh, they obviously were intended for Joe Biden. The only thing that has happened now is that we still have to unravel how much of this went to Joe and how much went to the others. Yeah. Uh, there clearly is the basis here for uh, investigation, if not indictment, of Hunter and Valerie Biden, his uh, daughter and uh, his sister, rather, and Frank and James Biden, his brothers. Uh, but they have yet to trace this directly to Joe, well, and that's what they're working on now. It's kind of wild, though. Too cute by half, as Ed Koch may say. All right, ethics laws allow the money to go to my relatives, not my wife. But what did he do for this money? Or what? They didn't pay for nothing. They didn't give it to the Bidens yeah. because they're good at well, anything other than you know yeah. being in government. So uh, what? They may that's have the changed policy. That's one of the key things that I'm looking at and we have to look at. Uh, what happens to U.S. policy in China and Ukraine and Romania as a result of these payoffs? Um, the uh, Democrats like to say, well, they're just building relationships. 
but they're not relationships for nothing. And uh, I think you need to go deeply, and I'm doing this right now in my own research, into the actions of the Biden administration and find the instances where they took action or didn't take action to allow China to continue to grow. Bear in mind that China's GDP in the last 10 years has more than doubled, and trade surplus with the United States has doubled. And that's the result of government policies on our side that permitted that. And the question here is, were those policies the result of bribes and payoffs that the Biden family received? Yep. I think that as more evidence accumulates here, this can knock Biden out of the race. I think, I think uh, that uh, once they put his family under oath and they put Hunter Biden on the stand and James Biden and Frank mm -hmm. Biden and all of them uh, and ask them well, what, what's going on, I think you'll see a whole different context to the presidential race. OK, I was going to say uh, not doing anything about the balloon would seem to be something that, well, if he was getting money from the Chinese, that would explain a lot about why he just watched that thing sail across America. Yeah. Uh, very briefly, a, a very briefly, Dick, uh, 10 seconds to get him to stand down from running. The media is going to have to buy into this. Right. I mean, and they're so resistant, so reluctant. Um, I don't see well, it changing well, very quickly. Terrified that he, Democrats are terrified about his withdrawal if he were to, mm. because it opens up a huge primary in the Democratic Party. Right. So they can do everything they can to pretend that the emperor has clothes. I don't think it's going to work. It's more and more apparent that he doesn't. Dick, I got to go. Yeah. You're the best. Thank you very much. Everybody check out The Return if you haven't already. Thank you. Hope you had a great week. And I'll be back on Monday. See you then.